0: Quote, adulting is hard. What? UC Berkeley has a class for that.
1: What did you just say? Yeah. Okay. UC Berkeley has a class on how to be a grown up? And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How y'all doing today? I am Chris.
0: And I'm Christine. And welcome to episode 17 of the Chris and Christine Show. Doo-doo-doo-doo.
1: Woo-hoo. Episode number 17. That is fan-fantastic. fantastic
0: And you know what? 17 is actually the age I was when I got my driver's license, Chris. Wait, really? You got a driver's license? No way. At 17. The law allows you to get it when you're 16 in California. I was a little bit hesitant to get it. So I was 17 and a half. Wait, did you
1: have like an extra year of practice?
0: Yeah, I just didn't even try to learn. My dad forced me to get my driver's license because they were tired of driving me around well
1: no well back then they didn't have like the ubers and nope. the lifts nope now if they did would you have been uh utilizing that tool
0: maybe i was scared to drive
1: speaking of driving i hear that like people this uh, today younger people um don't even want to get their license they just rather do the uber and the lifts
0: yeah that's crazy i guess if you live in a big town it makes sense
1: but it could be expensive. I it bet you be. if, you're, if you're lifting everywhere or Ubering everywhere you go, it'll probably be almost as much as
0: owning a car. Right. It totally could be. But oh, okay. this week, we have a fantastic show lined up for you all, and we're really excited to share with you two of our hot topics, but we're just going to give you a little bit of update in what's been happening in our lives over the last week.
1: Ooh, what you got?
0: Oh, well, I was going to tell you, Chris. Last week, we were talking about Baby Yoda and how cute Baby Yoda is. On the Disney
1: Plus. On Disney
0: Plus. And the Mandalorian. You, and you told me about the Mandalorian, and I was like, what? What DeLorean, what?
1: <laughs>
0: well, I have since watched and become hooked on the Mandalorian. What? Yep.
1: No way. You actually like
0: it? I like it a lot. Wow. I am through four chapters, four episodes.
1: Yeah, they release one like every week. So I think it's right around five or six. It's at six now. Six? Okay.
0: Number six. But I watched uh, episode three and I can't, I, I don't think I got into episode four, but I finished my finals this week and so i've been binge watching disney plus in the evenings all different kinds of things
1: <laughs> that is fantastic
0: yeah you and i don't know i don't know friends if you know this but chris we've mentioned this before he works nights and so I find things to keep myself occupied in the evenings, and Disney Plus has been a close companion this week. Well, you're
1: welcome for me hooking you up with my (laughs) Disney Plus account. Yeah, thanks. So Christine is using my Disney Plus to... Our
0: Disney Plus account. Okay,
1: okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Well, now it's called or disney plus <laughs> so i let her use or disney plus to actually watch the mandalorian and what do you think of little baby yoda he's
0: so cute the child is so cute
1: the child now the child. i'm confused it's baby yoda or is it a, what if it's yoda's kid you know. I don't know.
0: So, like, the child is fifty years old and is he still is? like a little baby. Did they yeah. say
1: that I must have yeah. missed that part. When he got
0: the fob to go hunting for Baby Yoda, spoiler alert, everybody. Okay. Uh, the person that gave him the fob told him that the subject was fifty years old, oh. and when he showed up to get him, he said. He's 50 years old, or the, or the kid's 50 years old, and the person that was there said different species age at different rates. That's right. I mm-hmm. do
1: remember that now.
0: Yep. As you can oh. tell, people, I'm a Mandalorian mandalo. I don't know. I'm coming up with a name for myself. Awesome. <laughs>
1: That's great. Now, what else did we do this week?
0: Well, uh, last weekend, we had all of our kiddos together, and we had a lot of fun. We've been doing a lot of different things to prep for Christmas around the house. So Yeah,
1: it's right around the corner.
0: Yeah, so today, Chris's dad surprised us with coming over and deciding to get chris and the boys all together to help him put up christmas lights
1: yeah but if anyone's concerned actually i did the christmas lights really (laughs) Uh, it was a joint effort i know actually it was mainly my dad put them up it was his all his idea he came over brought the lights over brought all the extension cords and all that stuff we did have to make a second trip to walmart today (laughs) to get more (laughs) lights because i have two more palm trees that we uh, didn't have enough lights for We got those set up.
0: Yeah, the original plan was just three trees. And then Fred, Chris's dad, brought over some candy canes to put around it. And Chris is like, I don't like candy canes. And then Fred, his dad's like, Christine, can you help me out with this one? And I just said, I I said, Chris, I love candy canes. He's like, okay, babe, whatever you want. Like, (laughs) whatever.
1: Whatever you want. You know? As long as you guys put it up and make sure everything is working right and the timers are set up and right. everything is all good to go. And the
0: next thing we know, Chris is the one that's out there helping to do it all, saying, <laughs> you know, he wants two more trees done and they're on their <laughs> way to Walmart to pick up more lights. Yes. And I'm like, when did this happen? That Chris is excited about this. But well, it, I do love lights. Okay, honestly, God, I do
1: love lights. I do love Christmas lights. I do love going to the houses that have like, like, looks like. Disneyland on steroids where it's just like (laughs) electrical parade and you know music and flashing and and all these lights and I'm like wow the time and the effort to put these things together is extraordinary and I'm like man I really want to do that one of these days but I'm like man that's a lot of work that's a lot of lights and (laughs) since I'm gone every night it's like I'm not gonna be even be here to even appreciate it so I'm like yeah whatever
0: but Chris told me last year at this time that he really dreamed of having the palm trees wrapped in lights. And how does it feel, babe, tonight to know that your wish came true?
1: Babe, I went out there like... I, I don't know, like every hour tonight to go look at them. I took pictures of them and I went to go look at them. In fact, we probably should throw some pictures up on the uh, Instagram page. Yeah, we'll put
0: every- it on the K2 show.
1: Yes, everybody else can see them too. Yep. So I put them out there. I love them. They look fantastic. They're not, it's not over the top. It's not crazy. It's not kind of like, eh. It's, um, it's very tastefully done, I think.
0: Yeah, it looks fantastic. And... Like I said, last week we had all of our kiddos together, and Chris and I were going to share a funny little story of something that happened, but we are going to say that if you have little ones that still believe in the magical, mythical aspects of Christmas, hint, hint, then you're going to want to pause us right now, because we're going to talk about something that might burst their bubble. Okay. Yeah. So we're just going to give you all a second to pause, because again... If little kids believe in certain Christmas entities, this okay, is not go time. On, okay. Go on, go on. All right. So, we were all sitting on the couch on Sun, uh, Monday. I don't remember. It was last One night. weekend. One, night. One of the it's nights nice. last weekend. I think yes. it was Saturday. And we were watching Home Alone, all five of us together. And so, it was me, Ezekiel was right next to me, and then Jacob. Uh, the middle child was next to him and then Mason was next to him and then Chris. So Chris and I are on the ends and there's this scene from home alone where Kevin McAllister runs up to the Santa Claus in town to try and tell him his Christmas wish. And he says to him, Santa, well, I know you're not the real Santa, but I know that you report to the man. Oh yeah. And at that point, Mason, our seven-year-old says, Santa's not real. It's your parents. What? And I was like, Mason. And he's like, it's your parents. They're the ones that do all of the work anyway. So I don't know why everybody talks about Santa and <gasps> makes a big deal.
1: <laughs> and he's he's the youngest.
0: Seven. Yeah,
1: he's the youngest of the uh, three boys, yeah. too.
0: And then Ezekiel, our the oldest, old, the oldest, he looks at me. He's like, Mom. He's ruining it. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, out of the mouth of babes. And so it's just a kind of a fun time of year where you get to do fun, different things. But we know different kids are in different places in terms of what they believe.
1: It should be Ezekiel. It should be the older kid telling the younger kid how it is, not the other way around.
0: Right. But that wasn't the case. And it was just a funny little story. And I don't know if you all have stories like that of when you found out that something wasn't true about christmas and so we were just talking about that and it was just an interesting conversation and you know something else that's come up lately chris i've been on instagram and i've been following you know a bunch of my friends and okay i've had well i have a number of single friends and they're like Twenty, thirty-somethings, and mm. I've been watching. Some of them are in these new relationships, like newly dating in the holidays.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: and it just got me thinking about like how hard that must be to try and navigate dating in your 20 something somebody that you're just getting to know and defining the relationship and all of those things including like do you buy them a gift or not right of course and with the holidays coming up
1: i'm sure people do get a little bit lonely this time of year you know
0: yeah i think they do but i'm wondering if it's like different between 20-somethings versus people that are like our age versus people that are like our parents' age that are just newly dating, dating after divorce and things like that. I would just wonder if there's a lot of differences. I
1: bet there is. And guess what? What? I got a little hot topic for you. you? Yes, I do. And we're going to talk all about that when we get back. The Chris and Christine Show is available everywhere on Google Play with Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts,
0: YouTube, and iHeartRadio. Now it's time for Hot Topics. Do, 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 do. Awesome.
1: What you got today, baby?
0: I should be asking you what you got
1: today, baby. What I got. Well, here, <laughs> let me tell you what I got. Now, we were just talking a little bit ago about how um, dating in the holidays and people want to date before they get in the holidays in the Christmas spirit and want right. to have a couple. And it's nice to have a couple when you're dating, but then it gets complicated. Well, yeah,
0: because you couldn't be dating and not be a couple, right? Well, maybe you can, you know,
1: you just never know. We have an article here talking about how millennial dating differs from baby boomers. That's a big gap in generations. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Are there a lot of baby boomers dating? Is it like Um, after divorce?
1: You know, it's funny. I'm not that old, but I do get emails from uh, silver singles. (laughs) So I don't know, maybe, maybe it is. So the differences here between baby boomers and millennials, when they do date, now dating now today for the millennial generation is a little bit different. Yeah. They do take it differently and they do operate on a different level than they than they did back in the old days.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's kind of awkward being like later 30s and navigating the dating world because you're like kind of in both worlds, millennial, non-millennial and it feels different,
1: right? Well, the first thing we're going to get into here is actually should be the last thing, and that is the breakup. Now, breakups are much less formal for millennials than they were for, um, you know, baby boomers. Mostly for a term called ghosting. You ever uh, heard of that?
0: Ugh, I've been ghosted.
1: Oh, who hasn't? I've yeah. ghosted. I've been ghosted. <laughs> you know, it is a thing. If you don't know what that is, ghosting is when you just like. Vanish off the face of the earth as far as they're concerned.
0: But isn't that normally for people that are, like, just talking? That's not, like, a form of breakup, right? Like, people don't just do that. They don't just, like, you're dating, you go out on a date, and you've been out on, like, six dates, and then they disappear, right? That doesn't happen, does it?
1: Oh, please. It happens no. all the time. No. Yes, they do, millennials. That's
0: wrong. They- oh, come
1: on. They do it all the time. That's horrible. On to the next or whatever. Don't hear from them. It happens. That's how they do That's it. it's just- horrible. You usually say goodbye you
0: are horrible human beings <laughs>
1: oh that and that's horrible for saying that but um, here we go. On to, on to the next. It says social media plays an enormous role for millennials because it's all about the likes. It's all about um, their uh, social media media posts, all about their perfect profile. Yeah. It's all about who likes what picture, um, who are responding to the posts, the comments, and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. And even going like once you're with somebody, it's like you make it Facebook official or IG official. And oh, talk that's about, another like, level. Your, oh, yeah.
1: that's – that. I think it's more – I think – Becoming Facebook official is probably more important than to get married, you know?
0: No. <laughs> but it is definitely a milestone, which is really funny because it's like, since when did like announcing on a social media platform that you're in a relationship become a thing? But I remember... It was even when you and I started dating where I was like, "Um, is he really serious about me? Because he's not posted anything about me on Instagram. (laughs) Like, he's not tagged me in that picture. And then I was like, "Uh," and I guess, you know, I'm a millennial.
1: Oh, you are?
0: (laughs) I don't admit it. But by birth, I am.
1: Okay. Well, okay. Now, the next thing speaking of dating, guess what? Guess what, what, Christine? What? There's an app for that. Remember that little commercial? The Apple had a commercial for their iPhone, like two or three, back in the day, and they said, you want to do this? There's an app for that. You want to do that? There's an app for that. And guess what? There's an app for dating, but who knew that? Everybody knows that. And There's like
0: 500 apps for dating.
1: I'm sure there is. You know, Tinder, Bumble, Match. Hey, we met on Match. Shout
0: out, Match. Shout out, Match. Match. What's happening? But there's hey. hinge, there's grinder, there's all the other things we've talked about before. But yeah. Well, there's it can be a double edged
1: sword because dating apps becomes very um, popular with the millennials and it's it's quite like it's easy to hook up. It's easy to move on to the next. It's easy just to go through. Yeah. And a lot of times people, what they're doing is they're not really looking for somebody to be in depth with so much. It also depends on the app. I mean, on the website or right. app you're on. But a lot of them are very superficial. Right. And it's all about what this person looks like. You're swiping left or whatever it is. Swipe
0: right is the thing. It just depends. Swipe, le- swipe left or swipe right or... Super match. Swipe up. I don't know. Like double heart. <laughs> double heart.
1: But what happens is the people go through them and they get through and it's you know gets ugly. But the next thing we got, oh closure can become more complicated. It says following a breakup with an ex. Speaking of social media, uh-huh. what if you got all these pictures of you and your ex? Oh my
0: gosh, I know. On your
1: Facebook profile or on your page oh. or on your on your whatever. I'm sure we all have them. We all have. Uh, yep.
0: <laughs> i've seen girlfriends like some of my friends that are girl like friends that are girls that have been in relationships when they break up with someone like all of a sudden they'll go off of instagram and oh, like, really go off of it like deactivate their profile for a little bit and then they clean everything out and then they reactivate it with a brand new feed
1: a brand new picture too probably right Whole without
0: any of their old posts that's
1: a lot of work yep a lot of people will just like ignore it. It's like, hey, whatever, it's on the next, you know. No, I
0: mean I think it's kind of like it's almost like as if you were working with that person. Like if you were working with them and then you break up and you'll have to like avoid them and, you know, anything like that. I think it's kind of like that on social media. Cause if you have mutual friends and mutual followers oh, and right, all right. that you don't want to block person because you don't want to like cause drama. But I don't think that that's the case with baby boomers. Don't they tend to meet like face to face.
1: Oh yeah, baby boomers. But by, by the way, everything I mentioned so far, the baby boomers do the opposite. They are pretty much the old school. Well, they are old, but the old hey. school. Hey, baby. I know. Okay, but just be nice. Oh, I am nice. Okay, you know, I'm almost there. So, <laughs> um, but um, they meet the old fashioned way, like they at the do. store or church or through a mutual friend, and they go on a date and they actually call it dating. Now, um, the thing about millennials is that. The milestones in life that baby boomer, boomers sorry, I can't say that word—baby boomers would find important, they don't find that important. Like um, buying a home,
0: oh, getting married, yeah.
1: um, you know, moving out of your parents' basement, you yeah. know, things like that. That you, <laughs> you know—that's um,
0: Chris's favorite thing to say about millennials
1: living in their parents' basement. Yeah, playing video games all night long. You know, but fake here's news. this interesting fact <laughs> fake news. Here's an interesting fact about um, millennials versus um, baby boomers. What? It says that the millennial generation, the marriage rates could drop as low as 70%, which means right. only 70% of millennials care about getting married.
0: Well, I don't think it's that they don't care about getting married, I think that they define commitment differently. And that with if you think about the rate of divorces of the parents of millennials, so many of those kids have been subject to divorces and I think it's traumatized them from wanting to have that same level of legal commitment because they see their parents using oh, yeah. financial of stability. Course. So I think they what they might tend to do is be in relationships and live together and cohabitate and just do everything except the legally binding paperwork basically. Well,
1: um, on that note, um, the baby boomers <laughs> have a uh marriage um percentage of 91 percent, wow, versus the 70 percent. And what you were saying er- a minute ago was that, yeah, um, the pressure to create a nuclear family is less intense with the uh, millennials because of all the things you just said, right, about their parents getting divorced, right, a high divorce rate. And all that good stuff. Well, not only that good stuff, but bad stuff that causes them to not want to get married. Divorce rates, example. Right. Um, also, here's one thing that millennials um, do that are a little differently. I find this very interesting because I still I kind of do this. Is that millennial couples are in constant contact via text. OMG, it's the truth. You know, most millennials, I don't think they know how to use a phone for the phone part. <laughs> it's all the apps and the texting and all that stuff.
0: Okay. I have to say something on this because it's really funny. When Chris and I started dating, we, te- well, we still text all the time. Like during the day, he works nights. And so normally between like 10 to 2, he'll or text actually all day from
1: like wake up to right. like when 2 in the morning. When you wake up is at 10
0: <laughs> until 2 when you go to work and then until you go to, I go to bed in between stops at work. But what I think was interesting is we had our first date. And after our first date, we were texting back and forth. And then I see his name pop up on my phone. And I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, no, he's going to end things. Like, in my mind, guys don't call. I would just ghost you if that was the case. No, I thought like you were calling me to be like, oh, you had to cancel or something. But in my mind, guys would only call for bad things. Really? And it's like, what's the emergency? Like, like what's texting happening? For go- so
1: texting is a good thing. Right. And
0: texting is a good thing because we're staying in close contact, but calling wasn't. But that's one of the nice things that I love about Chris, that even though he self-identifies as a millennial, even though he's technically not. I know. Um, we'll, we'll that speak- he would he calls a lot and i find that really interesting that oh, you're I'm saying mad.
1: i am what i'm mad i do call because i want to answer like right then and there <laughs> but you don't like, call me
0: when you're mad you call to chat with me all the time or facetime me yeah
1: like i'm missing something like the broom was missing the other day i had this broom i keep upstairs and i'm like where is that broom at and i call her and i'm like where is that thing at but, you know, when no, there's but a problem, call
0: me for other reasons, too.
1: Right. But the, speaking of calling, the baby boomers do um, like to call each other. And the weird thing was, is that what they would do was that they would wait all day, maybe even all week to get that one phone call from their significant other. And they would just talk, physically talk on the phone for like hours at end at one specific time and get all of that in in one sesh. Like I have. Is that your, like
0: way back when when they were dating or currently pro- while they're probably, dating?
1: Probably they probably had to like use the rotary phone. The click 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 click. Okay, so you're click, talking click, click, about click,
0: when they were dating. Okay.
1: Yeah, back. Yeah, of course when they're dating okay. you're talking to each other and stuff like that. Now speaking of dating for millennials, this gets a little tricky. The line between single and together has gotten a little
0: blurry. Uh huh.
1: You know, that's I, probably, I get that. Oh really?
0: Yeah. What do but, you okay. get that? Okay. Let me tell y'all a story before Chris goes on. When we were dating, we'd been dating for a while, like a couple of months, and I was like, so what are we? And he's like, well, like, I'd rather not assign a label to it, but we're exclusive. And I'm like, so am I your girlfriend? And he's like, um... I'm a little bit nervous to use terms like that. Like, I'm just not there yet. And I was like, right. Oh, but he wasn't saying it about me. It's just because this culture, it's like assigning labels has a completely different weight to it. It's it like, says, yes. you're off the market.
1: Right. And it says your young couples tend to enter the ex- extended fray phase of talking to someone they're <laughs> interested in holding their interest without true commitment. As they ponder taking the leap, From platonic to romantic, it leaves millennials in a sort of precarious state, although you may be exclusive, identifying your significant other by terminology (laughs) such as boyfriend or girlfriend might send them running.
0: Okay, maybe you really are a millennial then.
1: (laughs) Yes, I think I do act that way a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, speaking of dating, although, oh,
0: hold on, I do have to pause. You okay. did put a ring on it and it only took you like a year and a half. So I think that, you know, you recovered a year. From that that was fast. Year yep.
1: We have usually takes like 10 years, but, um, <laughs> here we go. So the word date actually for millennials has been a little bit of the word, a little bit of taboo instead of date. You know what they like to say instead? Yeah. You don't say, Hey, you want to go on a date with me? What do they say? You want to hang out? It, well, yes. You want to <laughs> hang out? Yeah. You want to go hang out, have some coffee or uh, whatever. Or you or- want to get together? Yeah, yeah. Get together. Netflix and chill. Get together. <laughs> what? Oh, go to a movie. I don't, people still do that? Go to movies?
0: Yeah. But- you know, I'll, I, I get that because Chris and I, you know, we, we maybe have a different situation because we have kids and we're navigating co-parenting and kiddo schedules, but we don't typically have like regular quote unquote dates. And so it's very rarely that we say, let's go on a date. We'll say, Hey, do you want to get together or do you want to hang out or whatever? We, it's a lot more fluid and not as formal like I'm going to come pick you up on Friday at 7 p.m. for right. a date.
1: Right. Get your best, uh, you know, outfit on and get, uh, we gonna get all dolled up, you I know. I do
0: get dolled up. I, yes, I, I get do. dolled up for you. You
1: look absolutely lovely but, uh, you know, millennials do like to say hang out. I think also it keeps it so informal yeah. so it's more casual so there's no pressure. So I think, I think if you use the word date and formal and formal talk and be like, we're going this formal thing and you got to get all dolled up, it puts so much pressure on each other to where they're like, I don't know about this, you know?
0: Yeah, maybe, but I still think that there needs to be some level of formality to it.
1: Well, okay. Speaking of of, uh, going on dates and all that fun stuff, it says here that gender roles are shifting, Mm -hmm. but slowly okay tell me more well it just says that you know obviously back in the 1950s you know women you know they what they stayed at home and the guys picked them up and paid for everything and took them out and do st- did right. stuff mm-hmm. and now that women are in the workforce now eventually yep. you know um took a minute but uh that uh, the roles are shifting a little right. bit and first millennials go um, they are kind of like the women. Um, even, it's a little slowly though. It's not quite the shift that you may think. But women, they do have you know more money now, a lot of them make more money than the guys. And so, who's taking out who really is the question? You know. Well,
0: I think ladies still like for men to be chivalrous, but we right. also recognize like it's freaking expensive to live in today's day and age, and you can't just be expecting Joe blow to go and take you out to fancy places all the time like cough it up sister split the responsibility split
1: the check you know actually not with... the split
0: the check take turns
1: that, i don't well, like that the is, split check that thing. is splitting the check technically
0: no it's like i'll get it this time you get it next time splitting the check is the, like if it's your first going date though, if, it's
1: your, if it's your first date no i mean if
0: you're, it's your first date <laughs> gentlemen pay for it <laughs> pay for it when you're in a committed relationship there needs to be some ebb and flow. Ladies, you might disagree with me, but oh, and for in your today's f- day and age, suck it up, buttercup, and cough up the money.
1: For your first date, fellas, keep it simple. You don't need to go like... Uh you know surf and turf on the beach you know you know what are you doing yes you do no yes, you, don't. you do no you don't uh-huh winner no, over no first on the first date maybe like the eighth date maybe chris was um,
0: like she can get a tall espresso at starbucks
1: right that's it hold the cream hold the sugar actually
0: a tall black coffee hold <laughs>
1: tall water $35. Oh, make it a water <laughs>
0: oh, on the rocks <laughs> No, we're just teething, but we're, you know, it definitely is different today and age, in today's day and age.
1: Okay. And the last thing on this list is something that I'm not too familiar with, but I I guess I do it (laughs) evidently. It's gaslighting doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. What is
0: that? So, I mean, gaslighting is kind of a complex term, but it's this like making people or making your partner think that they're making things up. Like it. It's what leads girls to think they're crazy. Like, oh my gosh, like he's saying that I do this. Is that really me? When it's really the guy's issue, it's called what? gaslighting. And it's a term that's become more prominent over the last three to five years. But it's something that's been happening for a long time. We just didn't have the the language or the term to actually say, oh, that's gaslighting.
1: Well, I thought it was when you had to start the barbecue. No. no,
0: It's like... Like, I think it's kind of hard. You can find it in some, I mean, the extremes of it are in abusive relationships, but the slightly, like, gaslighting light version yeah. is when that guy just makes you think like you're being too clingy or too needy or it's your fault and that you're the reason why, and I say guys, but it could be girls too, yes, but it's like a form us. of, you it's a form like, of manipulation. Know.
1: Okay, basically, you're manipulating the other person to thinking that,
0: um, you know. That they're the reason why whatever isn't working. Or maybe that
1: they're the victim and you're the perpetrator, but but really it's the other way around. It's like a mind screwing around. You know what I'm saying? Well, on that happy note. We're gonna go on to the next fun, fun thing we gotta do. And if you excuse me, Christina's a little feeling a little bit under the weather, and she's had a hole to hold a sneeze in just now. I did. Oh gosh. Okay. It must be the time of year. Everybody starts getting sick. What's it up is. with that? Oh man, I just got over it, and I got over it twice. Don't make me go through it again. Don't make it three times a charm. You know what I'm saying, babe? Okay, oh, there. Gosh, <laughs> Sorry, my goodness. Everyone. Sneeze right into the microphone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, babe. Well, hey, um, got anything else on that?
0: No, but we have another hot topic that we're going to be hopping into in just a minute, and it's a really fun one, and we will get into that right after this. The Chris and Christine Show is now on Instagram at The K2 Show San Diego check out our latest pictures, videos, show teasers and life updates on Instagram at the K2 show San Diego. Okay, and now it's time for hot topic number 2. Are you ready for it, Chris? Ooh, number 2. What you got today, baby? All right, so this is a fun one. So I have to give you a little bit of fun one. It. Yeah, a little bit of a backstory. Every day at my work, we get this email in the morning. It's called Communications Clips, and we get education-related articles from all around the country. Just and you know, in the state of California and local area to keep up to date. But this one came through just a couple of days ago, and the title of it is, "Quote: Adulting is hard." What UC, UC Berkeley has a class for that.
1: What did you just say?
0: Yeah. Okay. UC me-
1: Berkeley has a class on how to be a grown-up?
0: Okay. Let me read it to you. Adulting classes for college students and post-grads have swelled in popularity in recent years, in part because many high schools have largely abandoned life skills courses, such as home economics, which were created to help students Ooh,
1: my favorite.
0: <laughs> navigate the path to fi- adulthood. All right. So here it goes. It says, That trend... Combined with the armies of hovering parents who emphasize academic achievement to the exclusion of almost everything else mm-hmm. has resulted in university classrooms filled with students who scored at a five, which is the highest level on their advanced placement tests. But struggle to plan for a week's worth of groceries or meals. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> so basically, they can pass an SAT or whatever it is. Right, an grad. AP
0: exam, like AP these exam. accelerated courses.
1: Right, but they can't figure out how to like uh, go to the store and pick and, out something to, to cook.
0: Or make their money stretch long enough to ensure that they have enough food for the whole week. Well,
1: you, what do you have to worry about that for? I mean, that's for grown-up talk, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we're going through college here. Yeah. You know, so, we got student loans
0: to take care of that stuff. Well, this is the thing is these adulting classes are starting to pop up around the country to be able to help millennials or young millennials. I think it's like a different, like Gen Z I think is what they're calling them. Right. To be able to learn these life skills that they weren't learning because what's happening is in school, they have become so hyper-focused on not just finishing their requirements, but like academic acceleration, AP, higher level courses. And the parents are so focused on little junior or junior at getting into the Ivy League that what's happening is they're not focusing on developing the soft skills, basic skills that an individual needs to be able to, quote unquote, adult.
1: Do you really think that's what's happening? Do you really think they are focusing 100% of their time and energy into getting good grades and passing? Do you are you honestly think that is where the time is going towards?
0: Well, I think that there's this achievement culture. It's this need from parents and from students at the high school level to try and be the best and get into the best because it really is competitive getting into those higher level universities. But one of my friends is actually for her dissertation work talking about students that are coming to universities and they're not able to belong. Like they don't feel like they fit in.
1: Why wouldn't they fit in? Well, the grades aren't good enough?
0: No, that's what this is going on to say is that not only is it just life skills of being able to figure out how to budget your money or like what a student loan debt actually means, but some of these adulting courses are having to teach the kids how to make friends because they've had How to to make friends? Listen, listen they've had to be so focused on competing to get into the universities against everybody else that it's every man for himself. Really? Right. And so in an academic environment, learning to make friends and engaging in teamwork is what they're saying is really hard for these individuals. And so they're starting to take these classes at universities. But um,
1: what does that have to do with getting groceries?
0: Well, it's all of these types of skills, they're called soft skills. So it's things like financial literacy, financial planning, being able to understand nutrition and how to cook for yourself as well as how to be socially aware and socially connected. They're all on that same like domain of skills.
1: I thought it had to do something to do with the um how to write a check, how to balance a checkbook, how to uh, pay bills. Well, that's half of it. Half of it. I thought it was most of it. No,
0: not in these classes. They're finding that it's really drawing kids in. And UC Berkeley had 200 students want to participate in these courses because the individuals are saying that they did not feel that their parents had adequately prepared them for life. And I'm going to read- I'm going to read to you one quote because it was hilarious to me. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be laughing at this, but this one student says, I'm eight hours away from home now, so I'm actually on my own. I have to find my own doctor if I'm sick. I've just signed up for my first loan, and I'm not really understanding what I'm getting into. Oh, no. Then it goes on to say, maybe it is our parents who aren't teaching us these things we thought we should already know, but we don't want to blame our parents for us being naive or ignorant. It's our responsibility as college students to know if we're struggling. Some aspect, there are resources out there for us.
1: Right, like this course, but I think a lot of it has to do with parents just babying their kids well after high school, well even after college. Like they live at home till they're well into their thirties, and their parents pay for everything, car payments. Well, pay parents pay for them, their cell phones parents pay for them. Their gas money for the car, parents pay for Mm -hmm. it. Um, If they have a job, like, say, they are braced at Starbucks or work at Target or Walmart, any of those kind of jobs, nothing wrong with that. But, um... Then they'll pocket their money and they'll eat out and have fancy dinners and lunches and go even go on trips somewhere, right. you know, but they'll still live at home, not have the actual bills that a normal person would have with the same type of income.
0: Yeah, I've noticed this phenomenon and I don't want to stereotype, but I'm just saying with a number of younger individuals, they get really used to a lavish lifestyle that is being provided for them by somebody else, a parent mm-hmm. or whoever their quote-unquote benefactor is. And when those individuals have to get out and start providing for themselves, they want to keep providing at the same level, but they can't. Well, that's all they know. But I think that's where kids start to rack up school loan debt and credit card debt to kind of... Keep up this lifestyle thinking, well... Keep the party
1: rolling, you know right. what I'm saying, baby? Well,
0: mommy and daddy are going to pay for it, you know? Well,
1: that train doesn't last forever. But I for think some, this it course... does
0: wait a long time. Oh,
1: really? Well, I bet you what happens is you get, the, you get the kids in high school that were spoiled. Parents paid for everything. They get into college. They even get student loans. And the student loans technically... Still pays for everything, right? Because you can put everything on student loans, right? Right. Your food, your clothes, too, right?
0: Well, you get living expenses. Like, you can budget a certain amount. It's not enough to really live on for for a lavish lifestyle. It's like basic, very, very basic.
1: But it's all included. It's all encompassed in the uh, umbrella of the student loan. You get
0: a like a supplemental loan for that. Yeah.
1: Right. So you, in theory, can keep living the party life as long as you want until you graduate. And then when it comes time to graduate, you're like, oh, crap, what I got to do, you know, like these bills come due or um, or my job that uh, I, I got a degree in is only going to pay me 35000 a year, mm-hmm. but I really need 200000 a year to pay these loans off.
0: Right. Or like they're in school and mom and dad have started to like scale back a little bit. And they're like, but what's going to happen? I'm not going to be able to go to sushi with my friends all the time. <laughs> you know, sorry, uh, darling.
1: And that Uber bill just came in.
0: Right. You know, And so we don't make light of this, but what we're saying is like, this is a trend that there are young adults that are really struggling with adulting. So parents, if you are listening and you have a high schooler, a middle schooler, please, please, please help society by helping to set that child up for success with boundaries and teaching them financial literacy oh, and yes. financial planning.
1: Right. At a young age, Absolutely. even at, a, at birth, I, if you could. I taught my kids at a pretty young age about money and how, what we to still do with do. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. St- every day you got to teach them about money. And they're pretty good understanding it, understanding where it comes from and how much things cost. And do they, if they have enough money for it, can they purchase it now? Right. Um, how long does it take to save up that money? Um, what things are worth? What right. things cost? I kind of, um, some people say not to do that. Um, I kind of do that with my kids, tell them mm-hmm. what things cost, what things worth. So they have an idea of what things, put a value on things. So you kind of have a better understanding of how the world works.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something that I've been working on with Ezekiel over the last several years. This is before Chris and I met, but for the last, several years, I have been a single parent and a single parent living in a very expensive city and with a child who might not um, have the same type of financial boundaries in the other household. And so one of the, one of the mantras that I've had to teach him is we are on a budget And we aren't just going to go and buy those things because we are on a budget. And so then at the end of the year, when we do get to go on a trip or something, I remind him, it's because we budgeted. It's because we saved our money. We're paying for this cash. And I tell him that. But even like today, Chris and I, we took our two little guys, we were out to lunch and we were setting up, we were talking through our budget for the rest of the month and the boys are right there with us and we don't hide it. We talk with them about bills and liabilities and budgeting for the wedding and Christmas and we're just very open about it. And I think it's really, really important that we do that.
1: And it's very important for the kids to understand right. that and to grasp that and to understand, they have an understanding. So when they do go on their own or get into college, they aren't left behind because they don't have any social skills or they can't figure out how to do normal, basic stuff that um, most people should already know.
0: Right. And so one of the ways that we do that is very simple and it's with chores and chris and i did some research a couple months ago and it talked about that children that learn how to do chores and have to work for their money actually have a much higher work ethic when they go out to get a job and so ask yourself like do you have set chores that builds a routine and an expectation for your child in the household that they have to work and it's not we don't want our kids to feel like they have to work to like quote unquote, earn their keep. But they need to build that skill of persisting and earning their own money that they then decide what to spend on so that they're not just always being like, oh, well, that Lego set's only $20. Well, darling, your allowance was $2.50. Where's the rest coming from? (laughs) Right,
1: right. Learn how to save the rest. And we do have the rest. They do like to go out there and actually um, do buy their Lego sets. Toys they want. They'll buy it with their own money. Mm -hmm. Get their wallet out and they'll go there and pay for it. I even have them go to the cash register and go through the whole song and dance of like giving the person the money, getting the change, putting Mm -hmm. it back, figuring out the change, Mm -hmm. you know, figuring out what bills to give them at the cash register and all that fun stuff.
0: And We will do impulse buy things with the kids, like we'll take them and we'll buy little things here and there, but there is a real power to teaching your kids to save, teaching them to budget, also socializing them and getting them to learn how to play with others and how to be on a team, because as evidenced by this waiting list now for this course at UC Berkeley, there's definitely a gap that we as parents can help to fill and empower our kids to be successful young adults.
1: On that note, fantastic.
0: Yeah, and so uh, we are just really excited to share that with you. That if you're looking for a class on adulting, there's lots of different options. Or
1: you can just hit me up via email, <laughs> and I'll shoot you. You tell me the problems, and I'll give you all the answers. i yep, the, the I'm gospel
0: sh- according to Chris. <laughs>
1: yes, I am quoting. I am the expert when it comes to learning how to do stuff for yourself.
0: And adulting.
1: And adulting. Mm-hmm. And even um, being a kid, I can help you with that, too. <laughs> Had a kid around? I'll tell you all about that, too. Okay, and now let's get into our would you rather
0: Ooh, my favorite part. Let's o- hear it. Okay. It's your turn.
1: Okay. So here's what I come up with. Okay. How about this, Christine? Imagine you're dating. Okay. Right? Um not yeah, you,
0: like somebody else?
1: Yes. Okay. It, generally speaking. Okay, got it. Okay. Your two choices are a guy that's in his early thirties living at home, or a guy in his early thirties who's been on his own. Since, say, he was, like, 20 years old.
0: I don't know. So, like, if the 30-something is always lived at home, uh, you know, just bas- based off of what we were talking about and, like, the adulting, I'd be worried that maybe that person doesn't have what it takes to, like, be on their own. Right. Right. Like, in my, you know, not to bring up the past, but in my past relationship, I was with somebody that was never really on their own except for, like, maybe eight months before we got married. Hmm. And didn't really, like, know how to run their own household. And versus now, like, being with you, you know, you've had to take care of everything and take care of yourself since you were, you know, out of high school and all of that. And it's made you be, like, really independent. And, you know, that has its benefits and its drawbacks of being super independent. But um, I think that I would err on the side of wanting the person who'd been on their own since high school just because... Even if they've had to, like, fend for themselves, they've had to figure life out. But I don't know. What about you, Chris? If you had a gal that was, like, a 30-something and had only lived at home versus one that was out um, – on her own since high school. Who would you rather date?
1: Well, I would um, take the woman. I'm sorry, the child that's been living in their home since like forever, never moved out, or that's never. That's who
0: you pick. Let I me mean, finish. Okay.
1: <laughs> I would run away from that person <laughs> as far as I could. I would like it, it. Just it just would not work at all. I need someone that actually knows what it's like to feel what it's like to actually take care of themselves right you know if you can't take care of yourself then it's just not going to work mm, you know yeah, because point. you know that's kind of the way i look at it you know um so i would definitely date the person that actually has been on their own in fact i made a rule about this in my dating profile <laughs> that i would never date anybody that lived with their parents
0: oh wow yeah
1: i would never do it mm-hmm. and, and i just couldn't do it and and I have met a couple girls that were, and I was like, no, I mean, no." And they're like, "Well, I'm moving out soon, and blah 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 blah." Oh yeah, when are you plan on doing that? When your parents pay for your apartment, <laughs> you know, it doesn't count. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but yeah, that's what I would do.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And it's not for us to pass judgment against anybody in our would-you-rathers or to, like, okay, point and, and anybody it is expensive out, out here. Yeah. It's very
1: expensive out here to live, right. and I do get that.
0: Right. And our point isn't, like we said, to point fingers at anybody. It's just to, like, build awareness of when you are looking at dating and getting out there that adulting and having a pattern of adulting is important am i right chris
1: amen sister fantastic (laughs) on that note i love that so much so next week week. yes it is going to be christmas week
0: christmas with chris and christine
1: the chris and christine show is going to have a fantastic christmas episode and that is going to be next week and we will see you guys then until then have a great week
0: Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret.
1: So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason.
0: If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy.
1: They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris.
0: And I'm Christine. And until next week...